Seeking Rents, the podcast. I'm your host, Jason Garcia. I'm the publisher of Seeking Rents. That's a newsletter where we explore the ways big businesses and other special interests influence public policy in Florida. Um, I'm actually recording this on the opening day of the Florida legislature's 2024 legislative session. You know, normally our, our podcasts tend to be you know, scripted uh, stories about pretty in-depth topics. But with session starting here, um, we're going to try and film a, or record a few shorter episodes uh, periodically more frequently, just updating folks on what's actually happening in this legislature. And we figured day one is a, is as good a day as any to, to get started, particularly because um, uh, several notable things happened today. Um, you know, but before we get into it, if, if you haven't already Please make sure you sign up for Seeking Wrench the newsletter. Well, you'll get more frequent and more in-depth updates. Um, uh, the easiest way to find us is at seekingrentsfl.com, seekingrentsfl.com. All uh, all subscriptions are free. There's no paywall on any of our stories. There is an option to pay for a subscription if you choose to. Um, please do do one of those uh, voluntary paid subscriptions if you can afford it. Um, that funding really helps us cover reporting expenses like public records requests. Um, okay, so this is going to be uh, hopefully fairly quick hit, but uh, opening day of session, um, it was actually sort of interesting. Uh, there were literally tornado warnings going off inside the Florida Capitol as uh, as the legislature opened the session up, which uh, <laughs> is a bit too on the nose, maybe. You know, okay, so normally normally the, the governor's state of the state speech, which is kind of like, which kicks off session every year is the big news of the day. Um, but honestly, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis' speech is really wasn't very remarkable in the sense of there was nothing new in it. Um, he is uh, pretty clearly focused entirely on his presidential campaign. He was back in Iowa before the day was even over. Um, so it wasn't really, not even really worth recapping that speech. Um, that said, both the, the Senate president and the House speaker also gave speeches, and there was uh, quite a bit of news out of both of those. Uh, the most important news of the day came out of uh, Senate President Kathleen Pasadomo, she, uh, her opening day speech. She's a Republican from Naples, um, and she she used her opening day speech essentially to uh, put a bullet in any idea of Medicaid expansion this year in Florida. Um, she said definitively that uh, the Florida Senate will not consider Medicaid expansion this year, which means that Florida will uh, unfortunately remain one of the worst states in the country for in terms of the number of people without health insurance and one of only 10 states in the country that have not expanded Medicaid. You know, I, I, I'm going to try and keep this brief, so I won't go into too depth about this, but the point she made was essentially that the Florida Senate is advancing a number of healthcare uh, pieces of legislation this year that are largely focused on expanding sort of the the number of medical providers in Florida, the, you know, increasing medical education, bringing more doctors from other states, expanding sort of what nurses can do, that sort of thing, providing providing sort of access to care in that in that sense. And and she made the case that you know Medicaid insurance doesn't solve all the problems because even if someone has health insurance, it means nothing if they can't actually get an appointment with a doctor. And, and she's not wrong about that, except, you know, the thing is we can walk and chew gum, but just like insurance is no good if you don't have access to care, access to care is meaningless if you can't afford it. And because we have not expanded Medicaid in Florida, there are nearly 1 million Floridians who cannot afford health insurance. And these aren't just like low income folks. A lot of these folks are what most of us would consider middle income folks, people working at places like 
you know, veterinarian clinics. These are folks that cannot afford health insurance because Florida will not expand Medicaid. And and there's there's no good public policy reason to do it. This idea that, you know, it doesn't solve all the problems. It's not a panacea. That that's just rhetoric, right? Nobody is saying it solves every problem in healthcare, but it absolutely helps solve the problem of people lacking health insurance. Um, the only reason this isn't getting expanded and the only reason Republicans in Florida refuse to do it is because it's become a hyper-partisan issue. It is 100% associated with Barack Obama. So there are certain Tallahassee Republicans that refuse to consider it just because of that fact. You know, I, I was sort of thinking about this and Maybe you could even sort of see, uh, take a little hope out of this. You know, nobody really expected Medicaid expansion to pass in Florida, but the fact that you know one of the the top politicians in Tallahassee felt the need to go out of her way to to publicly execute it on opening day, um, maybe speaks to the fact that pressure on this is building. Like you contrast, you know, Kathleen Pasadomo's speech as the president of the Senate to to remarks from the House Speaker in Mississippi who has vowed to like seriously pursue Medicaid expansion in one of the most Republican states in the country. You've other seen Repu we've seen more Republican states expanding Medicaid uh, recently, North Carolina and South Dakota, for instance. Um, there's even there are even some Republican lawmakers in Florida, rank and file Republicans who are starting to come out in favor of Medicaid expansion because you know they realize just how much it would help folks. Um, but anyway, uh, that was probably the big news from opening day. Florida will uh, unfortunately remain one of 10 states in the country that refuses to expand Medicaid, and it will remain one of the bottom states of the country in terms of number of people without health insurance. Um, across the hall, House Speaker Paul Renner, he's a Republican from the Jacksonville area. He made a bit of news as well. Um, he uh, essentially publicly endorsed uh, a legislation that the retail industry is lobbying for, particularly uh, big box chains like Walmart, Target, and Home Depot that would uh, further criminalize nonviolent shoplifting. Um, you know, this is being done under the auspices of, of, you know, social media flash mobs, people organizing like mass theft at retail, which, you know, get a lot of attention on cable news and on social media because the video tends to be pretty dramatic, but are not actually a real problem. The, the issue with this law, like with so many of these criminal legal punishment bills, is that it's written in such a broad way that while they're going to talk about targeting organized crime, they're going to end up sweeping up a bunch of kids who make you know a dumb mistake and sending them to prison for five years or more. You're going to destroy people's lives for stealing a few candy bars. Um, uh, Renner also came out uh, in favor of um, a pretty sort of startling bill that would prevent local communities in Florida from doing anything about complaints against police officers. You know, if there are complaints of excessive force or police brutality, um, cities and counties would be forbidden from doing anything to investigate or discipline those. It would explicitly outlaw what are called uh, civilian review boards, which um, some places around states around the state have set up to to serve as kind of like an outside accountability check on on police departments. Um, you know, these things are relatively <laughs> have very little power to begin with the Florida legislature, but it is apparently going to take them away entirely. You know, we don't know that that bill will pass, um, that either of these bills will pass. But the fact that the the speaker of the Florida House is is endorsing them on day one of the legislative session is a pretty good sign that they're they're going to come very close. Uh, they're going through the House at least, you know, uh, there was some some promising news, too. It wasn't all uh, negative. Um, one of the 
uglier bills that has been filed this session would um, essentially uh, restrict access to voting by mail, which is just a, a wild reversal for Florida Republicans. You know, just as a, a quick little history lesson, um, in 2001, after the the infamous 2020 presidential election in Florida, Jeb Bush and the Republican-controlled legislature went to completely, uh, completely unlimited voting by mail. In, in other words, anybody who wanted to vote by mail in Florida could do so if that's what was most convenient for them, if that's what they wanted. You didn't need a reason to vote by mail. You could just do it. Um, and that's been the case for more than two decades now, but there are bills being filed that would turn that off essentially and, and only allow a very select group of people who can provide documentation of of certain you know disabilities or restrictions only allow those folks to vote by mail um, this is you know this is another just entirely hyper partisan thing right it used to be republicans in florida did really well voting by mail but during the pandemic democrats started to do better and donald trump decided to start demonizing mail voting and so now there's a whole generation of of Republican politicians who like have just been completely radicalized around hating vote by mail, even though it's this is a bipartisan thing. Like everybody generally supports making it easier to vote, particularly this way. Seniors, for instance, love mail voting. Um, but anyway, both uh, Kathleen Pasadomo and Paul Renner, that's the the Senate president and the Speaker of the House, were asked about this idea in uh, meetings with reporters. And both of them sort of threw cold water on it. They they said definitively that they don't support restricting uh, voting by mail in Florida. You know, you could read a little sort of wiggle room into their into their answers that, you know, that you could see them landing on some compromise that does actually end up restricting vote by mail in some fashion. Um, but you know, they they genuinely seemed uh, supportive of the idea that most people should have access to voting by mail. So so that's a good thing. The other thing that I think was uh, really interesting is, and we've written about this on the newsletter, but for my money, the single most important bill that has been filed this session comes from a Republican by the name of Spencer Roach, who uh, represents a part of Southwest Florida that has just been that was just utterly devastated by Hurricane Ian in the fall of 2022. Um, he has filed a bill that would essentially create a public option for hurricane insurance in Florida. Um, it, there is a state-run insurance company called Citizens Property Insurance Company that it is generally very hard to get into. Folks, uh, it, it is uh, it is considered the an insurer of last resort, um, and the insurance industry, the private insurance industry, is generally always lobbying for laws that make it even harder to get in there, so they have got more room to raise rates themselves. Spencer Roach's bill would allow anyone to buy hurricane insurance from citizens, anyone at all in Florida. Uh -huh. And this is, you know, we're talking specifically windstorm insurance. The idea is that ultimately everybody would get their windstorm insurance through citizens and then all other homeowners insurance, fire, theft, that sort of the basic stuff, the more predictable stuff would be covered by the private sector. Um, this is, uh, for my money, this idea of a public option for property insurance in Florida has been inevitable for 20 years now, ever since 2004, 2005, when we had nine hurricanes hit the state in two years. Um, it is it is going to happen. It's just a matter of, of how much Florida drags its feet before it gets there. Anyway, so this is a big idea. I don't think anybody expects it to pass this year. Um, but Paul Renner was asked about it, and and to his credit, he didn't just rule it out of hand. He even he even said uh, expressed a willingness to at least hold a hearing on it to give some consideration to it. So just the fact that um, the Florida House, which is generally speaking the more conservative body, is 
expressing a willingness to at least discuss a public option for hurricane insurance in Florida, I think is is really promising. And I would argue, um, you know, probably the second biggest news of opening day beyond, you know, the that public execution of Medicaid expansion. Um, and I'll just uh, mention one last thing, because it was sort of jarring to hear. Uh, this actually happened on Monday, the day before uh, session began. Um, the, uh, a committee in the Florida House was uh, hearing a bill to expand the homestead property exemption uh, for, for homeowners. And a Republican in the middle of it floated an idea of saying basically that maybe it's time for the legislature to start considering eliminating city and county governments in Florida, essentially eliminating local governments. Um, this is a wild idea, but it also touches on something that you know we've talked about on this show and in, and in pieces before that I think is becoming inevitable in Tallahassee. The, the Florida legislature up here continues hampering local communities from, from doing things. They keep taking powers away from cities and counties, you know, everything from, you know, banning, you know, the use of pollution causing fertilizer or, or even just limits on sort of what alarm contractors, home alarm contractors can do. They, they keep passing these laws that stop cities and counties from regulating things, right? And these are all come out of you know, the corporate lobby up here comes to Tallahassee and tells them to, to preempt cities. Um, and these keep happening. And there are, we'll talk more about them later at some point, but there are just a ton more preemptions in the works this year. Um, but where this is building um, is we're, we're just, a, you know, I would at this point think just a couple of years away from the Florida legislature deciding it's just going to do away with some blue city government altogether. You know, we've already seen, you know, warning shots here. There was a couple, there was a big fight a few years ago where the city of Key West, voters in the city of Key West tried to uh, restrict the number of large cruise ships that could dock in the city. Um, the cruise industry went to Tallahassee and got the Florida legislature to overturn that and allow big cruise ships to continue sailing into Key West uh, pretty much unlimited. Um, you know, that, that became sort of a nasty public battle and some legislator drew up a piece of legislation to abolish the city of Key West. Was never filed, but the the threat was clear, you know. And you, you're already hearing whispers lately about, you know, dissolving the city of Gainesville, one of the 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 bluest cities in Florida. Um, you know, these things right now aren't going anywhere. I don't think it's going to happen this session. But you know, when Republicans are openly and not even not and and, and totally seriously talking about eliminating city governments in Florida, um, I think it's a sign of just how radicalized this place has become even in the absence of Ron DeSantis, you know, he can be off in Iowa doing his own thing. The Florida legislature is still going to be going further and further. Right. It seems like, um, anyway, that's a, that's a quick recap of, of the first day of the session. Um, it, uh, Florida has a 60 day legislative session. That means we're going to be, we're going to be in town here for, for two months, you know, um, we'll try and do, uh, some of these updates, you know, hopefully a couple of times a week, uh, flagging just bills that are moving. Um, uh, please feel free to reach out with any questions, comments, concerns. My email address will be in the show notes. Uh, and again, if you uh, have not already, please uh, sign up for Seeking Rents, the newsletter, SeekingRentsFL.com. And please do consider a voluntary paid subscription if you can afford one. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you soon.